0: Hey guys, it's just a fire.
1: Hey, what's going on, guys? Here at the Swamp, get ready to beat LSU. Y'all tune in to the rule number one podcast on Monday.
0: Yeah, back on the grind again. Another week, another episode, partner. We're putting him in and putting him out of the studio. Trying to, yeah, dude,
1: 38 weeks in a row, man. Absolutely. We love doing it, and we're obviously super excited for this next guest, as I say every single yeah, <laughs> This <laughs> um, is a cool one. You know, one thing that I do want to bring up, you know, Brian said that uh, we are in the studio, banging them out in the studio, one of our goals is to get into an actual studio in Bartow. Um, And so that would be a goal of ours. So if any of y'all listen and any of y'all want to see that happen and maybe even come see a live episode, y'all can always cash app us some money or or help us out or let us know any way you want to help us do that. Start a GoFundMe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Exactly. But uh, without further ado, this episode on number 38, we have Aubrey Gordon. She is a cosmetologist and salon owner. And the best credential of all is... She's my sister. She is your sister. (laughs) Um, This is going to be fun. (laughs) So welcome in, Aubrey.
2: Hello. How's it going? Great.
1: Good. So um, we want to talk a little bit. Uh, We ask everybody on every single episode at the beginning, um, what is your number one rule you live
2: by? So mine, I actually have it tattooed on my body, is Make It Count. Um, That is something that, um, as many of you know, like Nathan and I's dad and passed away when we were really young. And that was a big kind of number one rule that he lived by and instilled in us. And so that's something that I've wanted to continue on. His legacy and um, making everything I do count for something. Yeah,
0: man, you got to. Everything has to count. Yeah, no matter what you're exactly. doing. Like, exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> if you don't put in, you know, the effort, or you know, you do it half ass, it
2: mm-hmm. don't count. Yes,
0: exactly. I like that role. It's short and sweet and to the point. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. With uh, with my dad, I mean, as already said, he was a big time on. I mean, you give 110 percent on every, everything mm-hmm. and anything. Uh, you don't quit. We weren't allowed to quit on stuff. We at least <laughs> had to finish the season or we had to finish out. You know, the dance recital performance or whatever. <laughs> so that was a. Big Big thing. Um, and I think that's kind of, uh, been instilled to Aubrey and I obviously with this podcast, but uh, especially in her career path is how she has become a salon owner and everything. Um, Aubrey, where did you get this, you know, make it count mindset? When, when did that actually start for you?
2: I think, really, when I made the decision to go to cosmetology school, um, I graduated from Lakeland Christian, and I felt like it was already always like instilled in us to get a college degree, get a four year yes. degree, and then you were gonna start in your career, whatever you graduated with. Um, and so, I did that. I graduated and went to University of North Florida in Jacksonville. Um, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I went to college. Um, I knew that I, I when I first started, I um, decided to major in psychology. I The counselor that I had gone to, gone to all throughout middle school and high school, I loved and adored. And I thought, okay, she made a really big difference in my life. Maybe I could do that for other people. And um, so I first started going to um school for psychology and I just felt like I wasn't making my life count and what I really wanted to do it just didn't seem like it was where I was headed or what I was meant for um and so sophomore year came around, and I decided to change to marketing. Um, but kind of in the back of my mind, I had been nannying for my hairstylist at the time. Um, I grew up dancing and cheering, and so I always liked the beauty community. I always was the one that like did everyone's hair and makeup um, when we had like recitals or competitions, but I never really thought of it as like a career. Um, but it was really my sophomore year of college um, that they, they asked me. Actually, the, the two people who owned the salon um, that previously um, I was nannying for, and they were like, Aubrey, like, have you ever considered, like, going to cosmetology school? Like, you would be so good at it. Um, you have such a passion for it, like, personally, and we can just tell you're so talented, and so that's kind of when I started, like, I had a little, my like, thing in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, maybe, I don't know, um, and so anyways, Long story short, I was going to go home um, and decided to finish college at home um, back in Lakeland, and I was going to tour Southeastern and still kind of go to cosmetology school after I graduated um, because I wasn't sure that I could like fully make that decision yet, um, but I... When I toured southeastern um, I had I didn't tell my mom I felt like I was just trying to like fulfill something that she wanted me to do um, and anyways, I had um put in an application for Paul Mitchell, the school, Orlando. And when I came back home to tour Southeastern, I got a call that my acceptance, like I had gotten accepted to Paul Mitchell. So I was like, okay, I got to make this count for something. Yeah. So that was kind of like my decision and like, all right, I'm going to turn the tables and just pursue something that I really love. And that was in the springtime. And then I started basically in July going to Paul Mitchell, the school, Orlando. So kind of a long story to get yeah. me there. There's like, <laughs> there's a, lo- like a couple key there's points. There's so much to that. That, yeah. that
0: stood out. You know, there's a lot of people that would still, you know, do what their parents ask. They don't, yeah. they don't break that stigma. They, you know, they fall into all right. Well, my parents think I should do this, and right? You know, and sometimes that's hard to break.
2: Yes, and especially when they're like, we had the blessing of having my mom provide our college education for us. So that was a huge risk that I was going to have to pay like every penny of my co- um, cosmetology school. So that was something that I was having to okay, like I am grateful for her blessing that so many people long to have like an education provided for them but that wasn't the education that I needed to get to where I wanted to be Um, so that was like a big risk too of like you know a blessing that she provided but then I was needing to like pay for it myself (laughs) big risk there
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, definitely uh, I mean I will comment on mom she's a fantastic lady she always pushed us to be best possible people we can be Um, but she grew up in that generation where college was, you know, you went to college, you had a great paying job and you will be successful. Yeah. yeah. Um, like bottom line is you're coming out of college, you're making good money and there's lots of room to grow. Mm-hmm. That was that generation and it proved to be a fact. But now I felt like our generation comes in and there's so many other routes. Like there's people that don't even smell a college campus and all of a sudden they do a YouTube change or they go learn how to weld mm-hmm. and whatever. You've got these 23, 24, 25-year-olds making six figures out the get-go. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: I think college has also kind of lost its value, too. Mm. You know, there's so many ways you can get a degree nowadays. Yeah. There's, there's a degree in everything, mm-hmm. every field. And, you know, back then, when your mom, like that generation, when coll- college was a big deal. Like, yeah. if, the, if you got to college, you it were... It meant something yes, big.
2: Yes. It still does today, yes. but for different yeah. reasons, I exactly. feel
0: like. Exactly, exactly. And nowadays, it's just... I kind of feel like it's watered down mm-hmm. a little bit more than it was back then. And the ways to make money and you know big amounts of it, the fields are so open nowadays, way, yeah. way more open than it was back then. Mm-hmm. So like you said, there are 26-year-old millionaires, 19-year-old millionaires popping out of nowhere because the opportunity everywhere, and you have to be able to make it count yeah. and take it yeah. like you did. Yeah. That is so like, I'm like, I don't want to get, weird or anything but that's so ballsy Mm -hmm. like that going against you know somebody that's it was hard it was not
2: easy let me tell you yeah
0: (laughs) and going against like pretty much you know your backbone yes and look how it paid out for you yeah you know you, you said you went to Paul Mitchell, right? Mm-hmm. My partner here was telling me that's a pretty big deal. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, uh, I was trying to explain it to uh, Brian. You know, obviously, not a lot of guys know what Paul Mitchell are, uh, <laughs> is. Um, a lot of girls do. It's plastic all over cosmetics or uh, shampoos and hair products <laughs> and everything like that. How I explain, explained it to Brian, and it's, it's basically going to like an SEC football school out of high school yeah. um so like you're you know your future nfl guy whatever like it's big time um so if you get an opportunity like that you get accepted and get to be in that um <clears throat> deal or even like for instance college like a harvard or whatever like it's big big ivy league or whatever top-notch top-tier uh deal and so aubrey awesomely had that, uh, that opportunity, but I do want to hit on one point. Um, it's kind of funny how you were a, uh, a psych major to begin with, yeah. Um, and now every single time you have somebody sit down in a salon – you told me you're like, hey, make sure you shut me up if I start talking too much because I do it for a <laughs> living, and uh, and so it's funny because you pretty much can have your patients yeah. or clients sit down, and that's what you do the whole time you're talking. They could talk about something that they're going through, they could talk about highlights in their life or whatever, and you're just snipping away, just yeah. hearing them out. So it's
2: it's really cool how honestly the Lord orchestrated like my, my story, especially because like I wanted to use it for something, in um, the trials and you know tribulations that I've been through in my life, and to have like my freshman year B psychology my sophomore year be marketing those are like the two things you can get out of college yeah. when it comes to psych um to cosmetology school um and that's kind of the best some of the best things that college can give you and then you know third year going into cosmetology school really it, it did help a lot for sure but that was kind of the best that i got on my college <laughs> of those background
0: school like for you, sure you use them without even thinking you're using them all the way right. like there's a lot of things i use from psychology from warner because oh, you yeah. has to take a psych 101 class
2: It's super interesting it was i
0: loved it yeah i love the teacher. she was great mm-hmm. um and you know i, I use reasoning yeah like that stuff I'm for like, sure oh, oh my gosh i learned that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing this method like <laughs> it's crazy how that stuff does play out um I want to get back to that school, man. Yeah, you yeah, you yeah. say it's the SEC of like, these beauty schools. I have friends that have gone to beauty schools and stuff, or cosmetology schools, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they like flunk out.
2: Yeah. So you must be pretty talented. A lot of people do. Honestly, I want to say my starting class, there is not that many people that like fully graduated. Um, and I think it kind of just goes back to the stigma of like beauty school (laughs) dropout. Like it's not easy. Like it was really difficult. Um, and it's definitely like intense schooling for sure. And one thing about Paul Mitchell is like, they're really big on their education and your personal, um, ties that you can have with your client and with your guests. Like it's so much, much more than just doing hair to them um it's a connection that you make honestly for a lifetime with these people like you would not believe the stories that I hear from my clients or we like to call them guests in my salon um there's it's just so much more than just doing hair and I feel like they have Paul Mitchell is very cultural in their mindset and um yeah it's so much more than just putting on color on someone's
0: roots so like they would like they would teach you how to talk to a client
2: sometimes yeah Yeah. and and which sounds silly but like you can be taught how to cut someone's hair you can be taught how to um you know highlight or put on a base color or something like that but I mean you it's very difficult like you the personality traits and and how you carry yourself in the industry is really important and it kind of makes or breaks your success, to yeah. be honest.
0: That's that's a big part of it. I can't, yeah. I'm sure, I'm, I'm shocked that all schools have that kind of like, yeah right?
2: And I think a lot of it too is like trade um, when it's done by the state is a little bit differently. And I think, and not that, it's almost like, community college versus like other like sec top colleges Mm something like that there's like a big difference in i feel like the education in some of that and i think it's kind of similar in cosmetology schools of like having more of a top tier education program not to say because community schools you can have a wonderful education with that but i think sometimes when things are run more by the state it's just a little bit different and kind of more black and white versus you know the more charismatic things that you can learn through like at Paul Mitchell.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: I am curious, like, obviously, <clears throat> you there's so much that goes into learning how to cut hair. It's not just people showing up. And like you mentioned on um, beauty school dropouts, how people just think it's this idea of, okay, all I got to do is learn a couple angles and this <laughs> and that, and I'll be done in about six months. Um, you had two years of schooling, didn't you?
2: Uh, Ten months. So it's super intense. So, oh, okay. but, but, um, State-based trade schools are usually two years. And okay. that's because they run kind of on, like, the school system and stuff like that. So they mm-hmm. get breaks and summer breaks ah, and, okay. like, that. Um So they are run kind of how – when states get out of school and stuff like that. So oh. we – I was, like, 9 to 4 o'clock all five days a week. So it was, like, intense Best for – Yeah, yeah, for 10 months for sure.
1: So tell me how, how did that go, like, in terms of, like, what are some of the things that you – learned during school I know it's kind of broad but in a sure. way but like I just feel like everybody has this understanding where it's like oh you're not a bad connotation in a way but it's almost like oh you went, dropped out of college to go to beauty school or whatever right. and there's not enough respect on it where there should be yes yeah So can you like explain that yeah yeah
2: so when I went to Paul Mitchell how they designed their program is like the first six weeks you basically get a week of each category of hair so you have like a week of cutting A week of color a week of perms and texture and you know there's a week for each of that and you kind of learn the basics and the chemistry because there is a lot of chemistry involved Um, and so you kind of learn the basics of that and then from there you go on to doing more like hands-on experience so then each of the things that you learned then you start to do it more hands-on it gets perfected more and then you're also doing hours of theory work which is again a lot more of like the chemistry side of things and learning different bonds and the and the layers of the cuticle and there's just like so much more to like if you put a microscope on this strand of hair like <laughs> you would not believe what's going on inside here <laughs> so learning like what is when people say they have thin hair when people say they have coarse hair like when people say they have curly hair you know like what does that mean and and the breakdown of that um we continue to have for the 10 months and then basically as you progress and you're hands on your hands-on you have to have everything checked off on your mannequin and kind of once you get all of those checked off then you start incorporating working on people um um, and basically, the state, one thing that the state does require, no matter where you are, is you, in each actual state. So, like, all the requirements for Florida are different for, than Georgia, Alabama, mm-hmm. the surrounding. Um, we had to have 12, you have to have 1,200 hours in the state of Florida. And so, um, and you have to have so many things checked off that you have done, you um, It's not required whether it's on a human or a mannequin. Um, Obviously, your best bet is to do it on a human because you get the most practice doing that. Um, And so I actually, towards the end of my program, once I started checking off, I um, had the opportunity to kind of audition for or get accepted into what's called a level two program. Um, And basically what that is, is I pretty much have one hour of what's called theory a day. And then the rest of the day, I'm just taking clients. And all I have to do is, have my teacher like check off what I'm doing Um, or phase two I guess it's technically what it's called but um, my teacher pretty much checks off I tell her this is what I'm doing on this person and because I'm not licensed our teachers have to sign off on it Mm -hmm. and then I get to do I get to work on my client without like having her check off anything like she has to know what I'm doing and then after that I can do everything on my own basically Mm -hmm. whereas if you're not accepted into that they're like step-by-step step, working with you the whole time they have to check off okay she's blow-drying now check okay yeah. she's cutting now check okay it's
1: almost like an internship like, yeah in college. yes yeah. yeah
2: but you get accepted into it based on your like attendance your grades and your overall like quality of work so mm-hmm. i got accepted into that phase two so then by the end of my program i was like doing whatever i wanted to do. anyone i could just experiment and my teacher signed off that she accepted how to do it even though i totally messed up this person's haircut, but whatever, (laughs) I was learning, so I'm like, okay, that's the best thing to do in cosmetology school. Like, I always encourage my girls at the salon is, like, if you're still in school, like, do anything and everything that you can, like experiment on people. You're working off someone else's license. So at the end of the day, they kind of have to, I mean, you'll learn by fixing it, but you're working off their license. So this isn't really on you. So experiment all that you can and then let it be a learning experience of why not to do that versus being scared to cut an inch and a half versus an inch. Like it just... It will benefit you way longer if you just go for it and mess up that one person that you'll never mess up again because you learned.
0: Yeah. <laughs> those people are the bravest people yeah. <laughs> that sign up for that because I had a girl come up oh, to me yes. other day that she's like, can I cut your hair? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely that not. I don't
2: understand. People that go into like schools to get their hair done, I'm like, what are you thinking? Yeah. Because yeah. you never know what you're coming out with.
1: Fun fact with Aubrey, I uh, <clears throat> I gave her a lot of crap. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, si- sibling joking around. Because um, I was in school and, you know, I, I was joking around with her. I was like, oh, I got my college degree and this and that. Gave her a hard time. And it didn't. I don't think it really hit me until um, after I graduated college of how much of a success Aubrey has done and how like basically proud I am of the career path that she chose and going after it. But I would not let her touch my hair. <laughs> like I, I mean, I have long hair. I, she, I think she cut my hair.
2: Only one time in school.
1: I think one time in college. In the
2: backyard. Yeah, yeah. Like, See, he yeah, wouldn't even
1: Yeah, was yeah PTSD. No. And I was. <laughs> no, no, no. The haircut was fine. It was just the fact of, like, the trauma. So, I'm going to tell this story the story real trauma. quick. Um So, my sisters used to pick on me. Um, growing up, I was the only boy, um, the youngest, yeah. A youngest and only boy. Yeah. Um, Double whammy. Yeah. (laughs) And so there was times where I'd fall asleep on the couch and I'd wake up and my toenails were painted orange. Um, there was, I, I got looped into playing pretty, pretty princess and all of a sudden I like, I'm a competitive guy. I want to win all of a sudden I've got the crown and 15, 16 different jewelry marks on me. Like, you know, and, and we had to play dress up and, and I had to put on the dress. It was very irritating. Dude, you were their live baby doll. For yeah.
0: sure,
1: and, <laughs> for and, sure. And, and so no, but back to what I was saying, I, I wouldn't let Aubrey cut my hair. And then, uh, and then finally I let her do it. And I was like, Oh, you know what? Whatever this and that. And then as soon as she bought the salon, which we'll talk about that in a minute, I was like, yeah, you can cut my hair now. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if you do this for a living, I guess you can do it. And I got uh, several haircuts since then. Um, nothing major, but... <laughs> can't complain looks
0: pretty good. i do I'm, I'm very very picky with my barbers yeah like it takes a lot for me to go to somebody and try them out like i'll sit there and watch a barber cut hair mm-hmm. on somebody it looks like they're getting the kind of same haircut i am mm-hmm. if they don't look good I'm like, mm. yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> well out. and we only get like a very the ver- cosmetologists only get like a very minimum of the barbering skills so like i only know the very basics to like and square haircuts and all of that on yeah. men. So we only know like the very basics, but we have our loyal men's cuts. I will say that like <laughs> when the men who are loyal to like a hair salon, like they will never leave. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, uh, I, I, I kept getting my hair cut at uh, sports clips oh, and uh, oh, yeah, I was about to say, and, uh, and Aubrey was like, Nathan, Nathan, I can do better than that. I can do better <laughs> than that. And so like the first couple times, like I would go into this sports clips, there were barbers in there. Um and then afterwards it was just they were all like, and nothing against sports clips, you know, they're trying to make a living or whatever, but you know, it <laughs> my haircut was different every time and they've got my haircut on record. Yeah. Like I'd walk <laughs> in and be like oh, Hey, my name's Nathan Smothers. They're like, Okay, so you want a eight on the side and scissors up top? Yep. I would come out with something different every single time it was kind of like you know I'm playing Russian roulette here um, and then there was I think there was one time they messed it up and Aubrey actually fixed it and they're like Nathan let me handle this and I was like okay yeah. I trust you now I think
2: they did it really short on the, on the top or something like that it was something, something like to do that. with my
1: cowlick or yeah. something no it was something up top and Aubrey's like let me fix you <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I've heard way too many stories like that to go to a place like that
1: yeah <laughs> I am curious though Um, in terms of the barber salon deal um, or cosmetologist and barber what's kind of the, obviously men and women, but you know, what are some of the qualifications that they can do that you can't do that, you know, you can do that they can't do or whatever? Yeah.
2: So they, Barber specifically, the main thing is they can use a straight razor. Um, mine has to have a guard on it and there's, ha- you know, they get the full straight razor. Um, right. So that's like the biggest thing they also just have way more schooling and like fading and beards. A lot of them like learn a lot of like facial stuff for like beard work and things like that, which we learn the basics of that too, but it's so different on like a male's face who has like facial hair on it and things like that. So that's one of the biggest things. And then of course for cosmetology, you Technically, under the cosmetology license, it's hair, skin, and nails. So at Paul Mitchell, I want to say it's like 70% hair and then like 15% skin, 15% nails. So I learned like the basics of facials and the basics of kind of doing nails. Um, But it's primarily hair. And then barbering, it's a shorter um, hours that they require shorter hours. If I wanted to get like my barber, be dual licensed, I want to say it's only a couple... 100 hours for me to extend it because I have already learned all the basics that they kind of go over. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe...
0: I think it's eight hundred. Mike I have a okay, good buddy. Okay, maybe so. Maybe I think, so. I have a good buddy that went to barber school over in like Mulberry. Okay, and it was eight hundred hours
2: for just barbering. Yeah, just for barbering. okay. And then I think if I were to be dual licensed, I don't think I think yeah,
0: it's probably shorter for her. It's yeah. a
2: little bit shorter, like maybe five hundred or something like that. But I would probably need to do it at like Paul Mitchell because of the way that I was like I wouldn't have to, yeah, but I think to get the less hours because I'm licensed there, then they would. I'd it's probably
1: like the same thing, like with transferring like transcripts and stuff like that.
2: Like mm-hmm. you know, Did you that have, that have to
0: drive be? up the tower? Tallahassee to pick up your license
2: no, no? I got it mailed <laughs> see I had
0: my buddy told me it was back in high school because he got his barber license when we were in high school oh okay yeah so he was really young and he's like man I'm going up to Tallahassee this weekend oh to pick gosh. up my barber's license I'm like why are you going up there he's like they won't mail it to you you that have to go crazy. pick it up hmm.
2: you know I actually now that I say that I don't even know mine may have come in an email that I really? printed actually I I think mine may have even come through an email now that I say that. And you can just print it off from there. Oh, but. how the times have changed. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: I am curious to hear about some of these stories. Um, <clears throat> do you have any, like, screw-ups in Cosmetology School slash, <laughs> oh. like, actually having a client in the chair? Or, excuse me, a guest in the chair? Yes. <laughs>
2: uh, well, <laughs> okay. I actually, I will say... The one person that, like, really made me cry when I was in school, um, she came into the salon. <laughs> she, <laughs> <laughs> and Sorry. this was bad. We literally had, like, a stall in Paul Mitchell that was like, oh, that's the crying stall. Like real quick. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> hang on real quick do you
2: I'm telling you there was a whole thing that we had a stall in our in the girls bathroom and that was the crying stall whenever someone yelled at you or hated what you did you would just go in there and cry and do your <laughs> thing and you'd come back out <laughs> and I made it to the stall that day so she it was towards the end of my schooling and actually so I went to I started cosmetology school junior uh, no sorry July 2019 as I was wrapping up school was during COVID so I was kind of at the tail end right before kind of COVID hit because I had to finish online basically so this was like right I was at the tail end of my schooling these were some of the last weeks before COVID hit and I was finishing up I only had like a hundred maybe 200 hours left like only like a month or two And I was in phase two, so I was kind of known as like a higher tiered stylist. In still in school though, like I'm still a student. And um, this lady came in and she wanted some highlights and her toner formula, which you boys like when you get your hair lightened you usually put a toner over it and it kind of decides whether you want to be warm toned cool tones anyways we don't have to do that lesson today but do you tone, do
0: you tone your hair
2: i'm sure there are plenty women either. in your life that tone their hair anyways it came her toner toner was her formula was I on feeling pretty toned <laughs> today
0: actually <laughs> sorry her
2: it. toner was on file she said she really liked it the last time So that's what I did. And she hated it. Like it, she just did not like it, which I was like, I literally just did like what you told me to do. And her words were like, and I quote, I cannot believe you're about to start doing hair in a salon. Because at that point I had already nailed my job. Like I was ready to go. And she's like, I cannot believe you're about to start doing hair and actually getting paid for this. And I was like, I literally just did what was on file. Like you said you loved your hair last time. And anyways, we she ended up coming back in. We changed the formula. It was fine. But like that was one that was genuinely like hated what I did to them, even though it was what they asked for. And I like couldn't, I didn't have anything to back it, you know, because like I was and I didn't want to blame her, but it also was just kind of like you also asked for this. Like, this was what was awful. Oh, I would have Switch. It yeah. was awful. See, I this was, is Switch.
1: We need to have a waitress on, too, um, or like a waiter, waitress, because, dude, customer service, I'm not cut. Oh, it's so awful. I'm not cut for customer service because I am a black and white guy. What you see is what you get. I am brutally honest mm-hmm. and so if somebody yes, is yeah it's so, <laughs> like it's bad and yeah. y'all, y'all get a little taste for on the show oh, it's dude. even more like if you know know me and have a personal conversation with me with me i am the person where if you ask me something i will tell you my complete and honest truth what's on my head um and so if some jack wagon came to me and says i don't know that <sighs> Son, you're getting
0: a handful like right (laughs) back. Customers, bro, nowadays are worse than ever. You could probably agree. Oh yeah, it's
2: so hard. And I think too, and this goes back to some of the um, psychology stuff. Is even in the salon today, like I have to tell myself, is this something that I actually did, or are there like experiences maybe that they're going on in their life that like they chose to get their hair done to make themselves feel better, and this is what's going to like fix what's going on in their life because they're struggling with this and if I just have the right haircut, if I just have the right hair color, that everything's going to be right. And I feel like people put a lot of pressure on that. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell myself like, this isn't something that I did. I did exactly what they asked for. And believe me that we still mess up all the time. Like I still, that's not to say that I'm not perfect because I'm human and it happens all the time too, but I not all the time. That's a little bit traumatic, but like we're human. So I'm still going to have mess ups, but I, you do have to consider like, okay, is this like a, something in their life that's going wrong that they're deciding to pinpoint this very thing to, um, you know, be the reason of the hardship or is it really, you know, what you did? You
0: also yeah. never know what a person's going, like going Exactly, for sure, yeah. for
2: sure. It for could sure. be
0: that one thing that, that's bothering them in the back of their mind and, you know, it's just one thing that sets them off Yeah, and they're going to lash out. Oh, like, yeah. I've yeah. been there before, I think we all have, oh, you know, for like, sure, for sure. it's, you can't read into too much of it with customers nowadays. Like, because, like Nate said, he's not cut out for customer service. (laughs) Unlike him, I work in customer service. I probably see 16 to probably 20 faces a day that come Mm -hmm. into my shop just for the smallest things. And I probably have about 80 people calling me a day. So like, it does get old yeah. quick because you you have to keep putting on this fake persona. Mm-hmm. You know, somewhat of a fake persona. Yes. And you got to act like you care. Yes. For sure. And you <laughs> honestly, sometimes you don't really give a fuck. shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. You yeah. Really don't. And it's just like, oh, it's so frustrating because you have to keep it. Yeah. And you never know what could happen if you lose it.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And they're waiting for you. Like, yes. The, especially too, like I and very much a people pleaser. So I am not one to like lash back. I'm very opposite of Nathan in that sense. (laughs) That I'm not one to always lash back. Like I really try to be hard about killing them with kindness. And some people just want, like they want that response and it kills them when you don't like give it to them. Well,
1: I think in my opinion, I'd, we had obviously like we grew up the same way, but it's a difference between a man and a woman is a lot of times with a man. He's got to stick his feet in the ground and stand his ground and stick up for himself. Sure, sure. And from a man's perspective, if you're faced with conflict and you back down from somebody it not, I hate to say alpha and beta or whatever that bull crap, but just the simple regards of if somebody disrespects you and you don't stand your ground. They'll walk all over you in life, and so if you don't stick your feet in the ground, and this is, goes out to any young adult men or whatever that doesn't have women a men fa- too, yeah, women, women too, but a, a young adult men that doesn't necessarily have a father in, figure in your life, stand your ground. If somebody challenges your character, or somebody challenges you, or whatever your personality or whatever, stand your ground blow up your chest. You might have to kick some ass every now and then, but it is but good. But make it count. <laughs> it is, yeah. It is good to stick up for yourself. I'm sorry, yeah. there's my little spiel. That was I a little rabbit hole. <laughs> well,
2: I do have I had to say one more story too about like customer service. I had one person one time when it comes to tipping, I had gotten done with her hair and uh, she I think l- I know this she literally showed me a photo of Dolly Parton like she wanted Dolly Parton hair, and she was falling asleep her whole appointment. <laughs> she couldn't believe because she I had to like squeeze her in really early, and she was falling asleep her whole appointment. And when I say she, the woman had like three hairs on her head, like she just she was not leaving with Dolly Parton. Like I not actually, but like she just had like no hair, yeah. and she was not leaving looking like Dolly Parton. Anyways, so needless to say, like I tried to do my best. <laughs> She's leaving, and she literally told me. You know, I usually wait a couple of days before I decide if I'm going to tip someone. So if I like this, I'm going to. I'll come back and tip you. What? She never came back.
0: Yeah, obviously not. But
2: like, how could you say that to someone? Like, so I'm going to rude. decide if I like this or not, and then I'll decide if I want to tip you. Like, okay.
0: I've been. Well, listen here, knock off, Dolly. Get out. It's just. Yeah, I can't. People custom- rude. I can't do customer service, man. It's it's hard. hard. It's hard. It is hard.
2: Yeah.
1: It's just like yeah, you know, but Christy then you find around.
2: your people, and yeah. I have my clientele now that I love and adore, and they want to support me just as much as I support them, and it's amazing, you know. Yeah. But you have a few hard years to start for sure <laughs> to is, get your clientele. That is
1: my thing for sure. I am brutally honest, but at the same time, like I am a people person. Like I'm yeah. not, like, yeah. I'm not yeah. a jerk by any means. <laughs> this episode makes me seem like I'm a jerk. Anyway, not at all. No. Um, <clears throat> I do want to hit a point. Um, we. <clears throat> we talked about how you're working for a uh, cherished beauty. You came out of beauty school um, and you got the job and you were working for a salon. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did, you had a couple interactions or whatever. Well, there was a situation that came up that you actually have the opportunity to own the salon now, right? You want yeah. to go into
2: that? Yeah. Okay. So I, like I said, uh, so I started in 2020. We literally, the week that I started was the week, the salon opened back up after being closed from COVID. So that was 2020 and last summer. So that would have been 2022. Two years later, um, the owner, the previous owner, had a really serious back injury and she had had back surgery. Um, and so she was at a place where she just, con- it just was too much. She was out of the salon for a long period of time and it just was really taken out of her physically. Um, it's a very physical, hard job, honestly. Um, and she, so all to say, um, she was in a place where she just could not continue ownership anymore um, due to her health. And she came to me last okay. summer. And I proposed the idea and, and told me um, that she was probably going to try to be stepping down and to sell the salon and would I consider it. And I had, I was like, a couple months prior to that, she had kind of mentioned it that she, this was prior to like her injury and her, um, surgery if I would ever consider that one day and I was like gosh I don't know like that I was literally at that point like a year and a half in like I I le- I was blessed to have like a full clientele but I just was not thinking ownership position um, and when I applied for the job I told her that was something that I would love to do one day um, not two years later <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was a little soon um, so uh, we kind of just tabled it and I just like this is too much right now like I can't even consider this um, and so anyways long Story short, as the months went on, um, I guess that would have been about like six months later, and her injury started getting a lot worse, and she had a major surgery for it. She resurfaced it again, and I started considering it, um, and I just prayed a lot about it. And we're blessed to have a lot of like business owners in my family. My husband's dad is a business owner too, so I had. What was crazy was I had talked to a lot of people, prayed about it with a lot um, with the Lord, of course, um, but. Three people, this was crazy, three people that I had gone to, that was like a big like reassurance, like speaking through the Holy Spirit um, situation, told me that they knew this opportunity was going to come to me one day. Not necessarily knowing this soon, but I know my mother-in-law was one of them. And she, we had, my husband and I had reached out to them, was like, we really want to talk to you about something like, you know. And get your advice on something, her and um, my father in law. And she was like, I knew she was gonna ask you to own the salon. <laughs> and I was like, What? She was like, You're just so good at it. I knew this was gonna happen. Because because the previous owner was out on like an extensive leave for quite a amount of time. Um, and I was taking over a lot of those roles. Um, and so she was one. Um, one of my very, very good friends was like, I don't know how, like, I don't know why, but for some reason I had just been thinking that this was going to happen. Like, this is what was going to happen. Cause you know, it was, it was a trying time when she was out of the salon. It was difficult, you know, not having yeah. your owner there. And, um, and so she was like, I just felt like this is what was going to happen. Um, and then a third person, my cousin, who's actually a counselor, um, was like the icing on the cake. She was like, oh my gosh, Aubrey, I knew that you were going to talk to me about this. Like I just had an inkling that this was going to happen. And so I just felt like there was so much reassurance with it. Um, The financial side was really scary, but I just felt like I had so much of the moral support um, backing me that the Lord was just like really leading me to that. Um, And so that was in June and made the decision pretty quick. Like Honestly, within like a week or so. Um, and then September 22nd, 2022, we signed the papers. So awesome. it was a couple months later, but yeah. Which lawn is it? The Chairs Collective now. Nice. the name a little bit. Okay, awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was, uh, Aubrey was telling me this opportunity and she was like, Nathan, what do you think? And, uh, and... She she knows I'm big like business minded person, very entrepreneurish, and I was like, Aubrey, what do you mean? What do I think? Take the (laughs) opportunity. I was like, it just fell right in your lap. Like I know you worked for it and everything. It was a great opportunity, but it's it's crazy in life how you go about your deal. You're going down the right path, and all of a sudden doors just start opening for you. And you know if you're really like we can attest for it for the podcast. You know there's there's been times where you get a guest here, you get a guest here, or whatever. You're you're going down your path, and all of a sudden, you know you're working real hard and oh. Here's a door, and it opens yeah. real quick, and it's like, oh, you take a path or whatever, and somebody's helping you out here, or all of a sudden, you're like, hey, I really think we need to go this way, and boom, door slams. Mm-hmm. Like, no, can't go that way, but it's 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 very encouraging whenever you're trying to fulfill your dreams or you're doing something you love, and you have people help you along the way, like, you know, the owner and everything like that, um, and having those doors open up and having those people encourage you to do it.
0: Absolutely. Making the doors open. I was going to say, when he was going, and this door opens, I was like, and you end up on a stage in front of... 500 people at a music festival. (laughs) Who would have thought that would happen? so awesome.
2: It's crazy. I think, too, one thing that was really helpful and kind of like sealed the deal was like she was the one, the previous owner was like, I'm going to, like, it wasn't like, okay, we're going to sign the papers and you're just going to figure it on your own. Like, she was like, I'm going to be there every step of the way if you need me. Like, I'm here to ask. And it was really special, too, when I had talked to my mom about it because when I first gave, like, when I first told her the idea of me wanting to go to cosmetology school, she really like wasn't about it. it, it she was about <laughs> it after my college degree. After my college degree, um, and so. Uh, it was just really neat to see her reaction, like, okay, when I presented to her about becoming the owner, and just, like, how she was, like, Aubrey, you have to do this, like, you're not going to get an opportunity like this again, and just to see, like, that switch was just, I don't know, just super fulfilling, like, as a daughter, when it first, like, when for first proposed for me to even start this career, and then now to be, like, encouraged to go, like, hands-on, um, you know, pull in. into it. Making it count. You're making it count. I'm going
1: to say this one point uh, about our mom is she is, you know, my best friend, biggest supporter. She will For support sure. all of her kids no matter what. That matter. She is a realist. And this is where I get that from. My, well, my mom, I'm not bad. My mom is a realist. And so she looks at all the statistics, all of the, you know, every aspect of the whole deal and she'll she'll want and interrogate you be like, Okay, well what about this? And what about this and what about that? And she's like her do it. She's like she's like it makes it sound like I'm not like interested, but I am. I just want all the details and then all of a sudden she's like I Think you should
0: do it, yeah. <laughs> well, she did it to us when we yeah. were talking about all the you know the LLC stuff with her yeah. and the rule one stuff. Yes. She's like, we need to do this. Yeah. What about this? What about this? I'm like, Whoa,
1: yeah, <laughs> <She's-> <laughs> it almost feels like you're getting interrogated. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But what? it's like my mom's an accountant for anybody, we need to have her on. Um, she's an accountant CPA, and so she knows numbers and so business minded, yeah. She's very numbers oriented so she wants to know all the things you do i'm sure she asked you know well how much debt does the salon have or this and that and so all she's a very yeah, yeah she's very realistic but at the same time as her child she's like go for it like yeah if it's your dream i don't care go yeah. for it yeah, that's yeah. how
0: she ended the conversation <laughs> the night when we were talking to her yeah. we were like so what do you think <laughs> she's like well i think you guys can do it just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: that needs to be her, her number one rule. Yeah. Let's go for it. Exactly.
1: And the whole time that's almost sounded like she's almost talking you out of it. She's yes. like, I don't want you to set like this to sound like this. But Yes.
2: Okay, when I started doing her hair, so the previous owner was the one that did her hair. Um, and when I started doing her hair, I had like multiple sessions with the owner of her. The previous owner teaching me how to do my mother's hair. (laughs) And it was like multiple one-on-ones with her. Okay. This is, she likes her cut this way. She likes her highlights this way, all the things. So it's finally time for me to do my mom's hair, which took me forever, like took forever to finally get the trust for her to like, like I was working at the salon and still I was not doing her hair. Like it took months (laughs) for her to like agree. And I finally did. And the whole time she was like, So, um, so-and-so like always does this, like, are you, you know, I'm not questioning you, but I usually wait longer for my processing time. Or She usually does a toner. Sometimes she doesn't do a toner. This is what she does when she cuts my hair, but I'm not questioning you, but she usually does this. So I'm just curious why you're doing it this way. And like the whole time it was so funny. She was like questioning me, but telling me she wasn't questioning me. She's like, I'm not questioning you, but. Yeah.
1: Well, (laughs) it's, it's the difference between Mom being a client and mom being a mom. Oh yeah. and my So gosh. she wants to support you, but at the same time, she's like, don't F up my hair. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh
0: man. <sighs> That's so funny. I would like, I could never, my mom would never, like yeah. my dad would never. If I became a barber one <laughs> day and I was like, dad, my dad gets the most basic ass <laughs> hair. <character laughs> yeah. He shaves off all the sides. He's oh, oh a gosh. flat top. I could probably do it now, to yeah. be honest. But like, if, if I became a barber, no. There's a snowball's chance in hell that he'd let me (laughs) cut his hair. That's so funny to me.
2: It's funny now, though, because I literally do my entire family's hair. Like, cousins, aunts, like, everyone. Her whole
1: clientele is our family.
2: I can (laughs) My family's never going to let me retire because they're not going to know what to do with themselves. (laughs) Like, they are my whole, they're half my clientele, at least.
1: Luckily for you, I only get my hair cut, like, once every eight months.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But it's, like, every week I'm like, okay, I have Mima coming in, and I have aunt this person, and aunt that person, and this is my cousin that's going, in and my, I literally had my two nieces in today. Like, they just every week we just have a constant cycle. How many
0: chairs you have at the salon?
2: We have seven. Seven, seven. stylists,
0: too. Mm-hmm. Well, so
2: there's nine of us total. Um, seven are. Seven are licensed. And Mm -hmm. then two are, well, I say that. Six are licensed. One's about to be licensed. She's finishing school. Um, And then I have one that's also in school. And then the last one um, hasn't started yet. She's finishing up at Southeastern. And then she's going to go to cosmetology school afterwards. Okay. So, So
1: is that, um, so business side standpoint, Mm and you can. You don't have to answer this if you want to. Um, so the licensed people, are you, do you basically pay them on salary or is it more of like uh, commission based or how does yeah. the whole like, because I know different ones are different, whether it's like you rent out your chair mm-hmm. or, you know, how, explain how that works with your deal.
2: So basically we're a commission based salon, which basically means that the salon provides all of their color. They, pr- most of their, you know, clientele, they provide a front desk person. So when people call in to like new clients call in, we kind of have like a rotation that we book. girls with Um, and then all of their services uh, the salon gets a percentage of it um, and then they get a percentage of it and so and then of course they get all of their tips Um, and so that's kind of how it works so everything is provided for them Um, there's certain things that they like in particular that they'll bring themselves like their blow dryer and their scissors you know stuff like that but the salon pretty much provides everything for them all their formulas all their client information all of that Um, and then they get a commission versus Booth rent is the other is kind yeah. of the other option, and that's basically where like you have control over everything, um, but you also pay for everything. So you know you could have someone come in that all right, say, just to make it super, super basic, like their service is $100. Okay, their service is $100, but then a percentage of that goes to your booth rent, a percentage of that goes to the color, a percentage of that goes to your booking system, you know, all those things. So it's some. it kind of depends on the state and and where you are in your tax bracket area, (laughs) Um, which one benefits more. But in a commission-based salon, they basically get W-2s versus when you're like working for yourself independent you have 1099 so you kind of have to also calculate your taxes with that too that's crazy
1: yeah i was about to say i'm gonna pause you there because a lot of people don't understand that because that's not one thing that they teach in school um a w-9 that's uh basically an independent contractor um and so your
0: uh cowboys yeah, so that's a good that's a good example.
1: Yeah, yeah. so they they call them day workers. Um, cowboys day workers basically they've got the horse, their trailer, whatever, and all these ranches around the state um, will call you, be like, "Hey, uh, we need to put the cows in a pen. We need to castrate these bull calves. We need to sell these, whatever this and that." Well, okay, I'm there. So they go work for a week. They get paid by the day, and then um, obviously whenever you're or whenever you're a nine, they don't uh, the government doesn't take ta- taxes out of that. You got to pay your taxes back all. Within at the end of the year. So whenever the tax season is, you've got to pay all that back. And I believe it's uh 15.2%, which I could be wrong, but it's pretty close to that 14. It's between 14 and 15% of what you make. Um, and whereas whenever you're a double W2 worker, whether it's McDonald's or, you know, FedEx or whatever, um, you're a W2 worker because you're employed by somebody. So you are paying your taxes, which is about seven ish percent. Um, and then the employer matches that as well. Um, so you don't have to pay the whole thing. Um, just to explain that to everybody. Now that like
0: split. Yeah. You can, you tell that to my girls. (laughs) Can you explain that to (laughs) them? Like, like I said,
1: I am a very business minded people, uh, person and I, I just like to explain that to people because there's a lot of people that numbers do not click with them. Right. Numbers click with me. Well, and Um, when
2: you're first starting out, like being able to have a W-2 is the most, is mm -hmm. a really awesome thing. One, because if you're working for a commission-based salon that is providing you with a lot of your new clients, that's the best way to start out because they're providing you for it. You don't really know what you're doing when you first start. Like you don't know how to budget, how to take, you know, for taxes and all that kind of stuff. write-offs and everything Yes, exactly. So it's, we get a lot of really young stylists who don't quite have a clientele yet that we can place them with and grow their career. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of training, um, that we provide and things like that. And so I of course am like a huge selling point and bias to commission based, but it's also just like a community that you can be a part of. Like when you booth rent, it's just so like, it's very difficult to stay motivated. Yeah. It's difficult to stay motivated. You know, if you're not marketing yourself, you have so much pressure on yourself to be able to get your clients in social media is a huge thing on both sides. But, you know, you're kind of selling most of yourself on social media um, and word of mouth, things like that. And, um, yeah, so I'm a little more biased to commission based, but I love the community since, As you can tell, I'm a
0: talker. Everybody needs content. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs needs content. (laughs)
1: And that's that's one of the points I wanted to hit. Um, Before we get into our snap questions, I do want to say, like, how do we – how do you market yourself? Obviously, you said social media. um, But, for instance – these girls that come fresh out of cosmetology school, yeah, they might have family members that might let them cut their hair, but that's not going to make a living. Yeah. Um, and so obviously, you know, it works out that y'all give them clients, but like you want a bunch of clients, you want to fill your whole, you know, sure. clientele. How do, how do they do that?
2: Honestly, social media is huge. We, I mean, we have a website. We're on Google too. A lot of like, you can kind of see our analytics when you search hair salon in Lakeland, like we're, where salon that comes up in that. Um, but our Instagram, our, um, Facebook, our TikToks is more like for fun stuff. We're not as much like, it's just like our fun content on there yeah. that we do. Um, but a huge part of it is Instagram. So everyone kind of has their own personal one. And then we have a salon one where we'll market a lot of the girls, um, uh, clients and guests that come in. Um, but also vice versa too. Like that's how we find a lot of our girls. So like Mm -hmm. some of my newest hires I have found, or my very newest hire, I found her on social media, um, and the schools, like the different local schools, um, around they market or they'll tag, you know, the schools and stuff like that. So not only do we use that to find that to have clients come to us, um, We use that to find new employees, too. So social media is really huge, too. Word of mouth. I think when you have a big community, too, like, I know, honestly, my family and my church community, I have a ton of friends as well, but, like, my family, my church community that, like, I'm a part of is... Most the probably ninety percent of my clientele. So I feel like when you have wow. a big community that you are part of that just loves you and wants to support you, um, that's a big a, a big community. A lot of the girls' communities basically. They, yeah, it they helps if their. you're
1: worth a dang to at cutting hair. <laughs> <laughs> it. Every episode, yeah, it's all
2: about your connections. Yeah, for sure. Yes, for sure.
0: Definitely.
1: Um, well, Aubrey, I mean, we've talked uh, basically about your whole background, um, talked about <laughs> the awesome salon lifestyle. Uh, I feel like we're in girl talk, Brian. I know. Uh, I, I know. know. <laughs> I feel like I'm sitting in the booth right now. I'm
2: going to have to tone y'all's hair after this.
1: Please. You got me to allow you to cut my hair. Uh, we're not toning anything. Uh, now to the
0: fun part of the show. Yeah.
1: Uh, we we do this segment just to get to know you more as a partner person which we got a little taste of that earlier in the episode
0: I, th- I think you know your sister's a person pretty well <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's a, this is such a strange episode for me honestly because like at first it was almost like I was nervous because I didn't know how to act because like it's my sister so I want to be professional and not have just like a nonchalant conversation and like give her shit the whole time but like I like I want to keep it I don't know it's a, it's a weird anyways Aubrey, if you could have three people out to dinner, dead or live, who would three people be?
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, I think the first one's obvious is our dad, for sure. Like, I feel like everyone who have loved ones that, like, pass, like, they always want another conversation with them. Like, I think I struggled, too, whenever I went to cosmetology school of, like, always struggling with wanting to make sure, like, he was proud of what I did. So definitely my dad, for sure. You said three? Yep. Okay. Um Number two would probably be... Um, his name's John Paul DeJoria, So he is the co-founder of Paul Mitchell. Um, oh. So basically... John Paul DeGiorgio and Paul Mitchell created what's called like John Paul Mitchell Systems, which is basically all of the products, the schools, you know, the whole kind of beauty industry of Paul Mitchell. They
1: make great shampoo. <laughs> <that's interested. laughs>
2: yeah, we got him on the good stuff now. <laughs> it's only taken like three years. I meant
1: to ask you a question. Finish, finish your okay, deal and okay. I'm going to ask you a question. So he,
2: Paul Mitchell has since passed away, but John Paul DeGiorgio is still alive. He is an incredible like entrepreneur. Um, when they first started, he was like the sales guy and paul uh paul mitchell was like the hair guy so i would love to know like so many com- like i would just love to ask john paul de so many questions because he's the entrepreneur you know number side of everything from like a salon owner's perspective um number
1: three it is pretty a tough question it is hard on the spot, on the spot yeah
2: I'm gonna go with Shania Twain. Oh nice. Uh, Hell
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Fire me up.
2: I, <laughs> I just love feel that like she is like such a powerful, like female, generational like I just she's, she's amazing. Badass. She is amazing. So yeah.
1: Man.
2: was the first. I had to. I had to. I, uh,
1: Aubrey and I grew up on Shania Twain, oh, and yes. I loved the fact that she had it. I uh, We're big fans of records here in the studio, and we, we listen to records all the time. I need to get a Shania Twain oh, record. Oh, I
2: have one. I have her. Of course I, I have one. I need one.
1: I got <laughs> She's the, amazing. I got the Dixie Chick's greatest uh, hits. We're a big. So <laughs> how Aubrey and I grew up, we always listened to like Sugar Land, Shania Twain, um, Carrie Underwood, uh Dixie chicks, you know, old school like Gretchen. Toby Keys. Yeah, Toby Keys, <laughs> Gretchen Wilson, um, like stuff like that. And so the fact that you I'm sorry, that was just a walk down memory lane.
0: That was awesome. That's yeah. a good that's a good one though. She's that's a first. That's a first. That's a first. Uh, every time a guest says somebody that's a first, we're gonna let him know because okay. we've got some really crazy ones. We've had yeah. Putin, we've had Epstein. Like Oh my god. Oh gosh, we have some crazy ones back to get like it's nice to get a normal answer now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 I uh, I am gonna ask that one question oh, and yeah. I'm gonna let you get back Go to snap questions. Which uh, three in one shampoo would you most prefer?
2: None of them. No. <laughs> never, 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 never can a three and one provide it all. Just no, never
1: <laughs> what, but what's, what's what's wrong with three and one shampoo?
2: So many things. Like I, We could do a whole podcast just on that. Just on that.
1: But so Aubrey always, always gave me crap because I'd come home from college and I'd have 3 one shampoo and this oh and that. Gosh. And she's like, Nathan, that's terrible for you. I said, Aubrey, I wash my hair every day. She goes, Nathan, that's <gasps> terrible for you. I said, well, damn, I'm sorry I'm a cleanly person. She's like, no, it's terrible for you. So I just want some some reasons the i've always heard thing, it's terrible the big like. thing
2: is they're a lot a lot of them are wax based so basically a lot of those like shampoo and conditioners like the three and one are des, are literally designed to make them use to make you use them more they make your hair more oily they basically clog your cuticle your pores in your hair mm. to make you use them more so that you go through it more so that your hair gets more greasy because your um your hair has like they cause a lot yeah. of buildup in the hair that makes sense so it's a great marketing you yeah. know technique but it's, yeah, it's your hair terrible. is not healthy it's absolutely horrible
1: yeah i uh, i finally broke down one time uh, <laughs> or it's been within the last three months i broke down i looked at my hair um because i've really long hair now it's just frizzy on top and everything i said aubrey Hook me up. What do we got? What do we got? What what kind of shampoo and this and that, whatever. So she gave me a whole like bag, and it's like curling hair and mousse and like all different kinds of stuff. I use it. I I,
2: and does it make a difference?
1: Oh my gosh! You want to talk about clogging pores? (laughs) That opens up every pore on the top of your head, dude. I put that stuff on. It's tea tree
2: based. Yeah, it smells. It's manly smelling.
1: It's very minty. Yeah, like like I wash my hair and it almost burns my eyes. Clarifying how minty it is. Well, when you're
2: out working cows, you need something to clarify that that, because there's some. No, I, up in there no
1: I'm telling you like <laughs> It's almost like, yeah, when you say open up the pores and cleans everything, that those son of a guns are breathing, okay? I get done washing my hair, and my eyes water because of how minty fresh my hair is. That's that Paul Mitchell
2: stuff? Yeah, tea tree. Well,
1: tea tree. is it by Paul Mitchell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah. wouldn't tell you
2: anything different.
1: <laughs> if, if somehow one of our male listeners finished all the way through this episode, tea tree is the way to go, man. Yes. Please by buy Paul the Mitchell. tea
0: tree. By Paul Mitchell. Yeah. That's <laughs>
1: 10 out of 10, it. recommend. I'm so
0: proud of you. I'm never
1: going back. Like, <laughs>
0: Are you ready for the next one? Yeah, sorry. There
1: was my little, that's Here's my rabbit hold. yeah. Ran. We'll that's get my rant in. We'll have a couple clips for the post and everything.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Aubrey, our next question for you. If you could give one piece of advice, let's just say to a younger lady that was in your shoes wanting to get into this thing, what would it be?
2: Ooh, that's a... Okay. I would say if you have the like a huge opportunity come your way to take it and not to not take something because you're fearful. Like, I I know it was only like a week that I made the decision in taking over the salon, but never make decisions based on fear. And I think if you have the opportunity to do something really scary, to take it because you have no idea how it's going to change your life. And um, yeah, you just have no idea where it's going to take you. So if you have the opportunity to go for it.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Which like, it's so scary for sure, but it's been worth every second of it.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, we talked a little bit about this with uh, Taylor Anderson in our last episode, and uh, basically he was saying like be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yep. And I yes,
2: feel, Paul I, Mitchell actually teach that all the time like you're or it's really like if you're you're not growing if you're if you're comfortable you're not growing and so yeah
1: yeah and and i think it's a big thing it's just people get so complacent on where they're at and whenever you have the opportunity to go learn something or or have a opportunity handed to you and be like hey go jump for it go do it and you're like "Uh, i don't know sometimes being uncomfortable you'll learn the most that you'll ever learn before not sometimes
2: pretty much always yeah i would say
1: 100 percent. yeah and and you're terrified of like oh no what if I fail what if I fail what if I what if I this what if I that what if it all works out yeah and what if it was what if it's your dream yeah
2: yeah what if it
1: all works out and what if it all pans out and all of a sudden you end up a salon owner I mean yeah
2: well and one thing I tell myself too just as a Christian is like the Lord is the one that defines you and he looks at you with such beauty and and meant I mean he just he is the one that defines you not an Instagram caption or not like a comment on some, not what people are saying down the street. Like your creator is the one that who defines you and he thinks that you're the most successful person ever. So yeah. if you live by trusting that it makes such a difference in your life, honestly.
1: And that was one thing that I did. I, on my social media, I, uh, I started turning off my likes so people can't see how many likes I had. And I can't see unless I individually counted them. It's because it was one thing that whenever I was posting, I caught myself getting caught up in it and I've, was almost like identified and how many views, how many likes, whatever, and this and that. And so I started doing that because I wanted to focus more on what is the content I'm actually putting out, not how many likes I can get. Yeah. And so I don't, I, want, I don't want people to look and be like, Oh wow, we got, you know, 15,000 likes or whatever. I want somebody to look and appreciate something that I actually post. And I think that's really good because whenever you can come to the fact of you don't need the approval of others right. and you can just go for it and don't care what people think it don't, You know, just, you're going to be pretty good off. it's so much (laughs) easier
2: said than done, for sure. Like, I battle with that on a daily basis. But if you can try to stick true to that, like, to your grounds in that, like, it really makes or breaks every decision that you make. Absolutely. All day, every day.
1: And I think this leads to kind of our follow-up question. And we started asking this question um, several weeks back. But um, if you were to die tomorrow, what do you want your legacy to be? Or what do you want people to remember you by?
0: Dang. Yeah, it's deep.
2: Getting me good. Yeah. Um, I, well, you know, it kind of goes with the name of my salon. It's like I want people to, and not just in my career, but like my friendships to feel cherished and um, to feel valued. Um, I... I want to honestly shine the light of Christ. Like I want people to see the light of Christ in me um, as a bright personality and looking at me and seeing his light um, through me. I want to be known as a safe harbor too of people coming to me and not feeling like they're judged and have such a safe space. You would not believe the stories I hear on a day-to-day basis of people's lives and the things that they go through. Um, And so being a... Just a safe harbor and a light for people and allowing them to feel cherished. Have you guys ever um, heard it? Question for us. I know, I know. But it kind of goes into this. It kind of goes into this, but it's a newer song of Tim McGraw um, called Standing Room Only. Have y'all heard of that?
0: you'll I have to expected. listen to it after that's this. not what I was expecting I know no, but I but but
2: listen listen I'm it, sure I have. basically the song it, it's it came out like this year I think it's one of his new songs but it's it's literally called it's about it's called standing room only and it's about living um which is crazy because he has a song called live like you're dying but it's basically at the end of your days like he wants to live his life where his funeral only has standing room only where mm. like he's made such an impact in you know people's lives that he wants his like funeral to have standing room only and I'm Like when I listened to that a couple months ago, I was like, man, that like, you know, it was just very challenging to like want to live your life where so many, honestly, you know, it it made me even think of like dad's funeral when he passed, like we for a couple months uh, or not a couple months, but like when he had first passed, we were trying to figure out like where we were going to have his funeral because like we just knew so many people were going to be there. Um, And I just remember walking in that room and that we ended up having at like Trinity press and they have this whole balcony and, and ginormous the, church, the biggest church. And it felt like that, like there was standing room only because so many people were there. Um, and you know, especially after hearing that song and just experiencing everything that we have, like with losing our dad, it just, it's very encouraging to make everything count and, and want to live a legacy of like people wanting to, you know, you leaving an impact in people's lives of like wanting to come see you in that time.
0: I feel like it's such a great question to wrap things up with, ma'am. And such a deep meaning to you behind your answer there. Yeah, like yeah. standing room only at my funeral. I hope it's the same. I hope. I, I f- know. I hope I make enough connections to fill a damn football for stadium. Sure, like, for sure. for I sure. Mean, like, I just you don't want my perspective <laughs> <but> on this. <laughs> but I know. Yeah, I'm not getting his. Perspective. We're not getting <laughs> yeah. Him yeah. That. Me and him have had arguments over this <laughs> before, but.
1: I don't want a funeral, but a lot of people... Don't. Aubrey, you've been oh
0: an gosh. absolute pleasure Thank to have you. on. Thank You're you. This a, is so Such fun. a great attitude, too. You're so oh. pleasant to be around Thank and talk you. to. She's so bubbly. Yeah, I know. I am. So, sorry, I walked in there, and I was telling her friends <laughs> off the set and there, I was like, man, I feel like Aubrey and Nate, like, they they feet off each other, but they're like opposites.
1: Very much so. (laughs) Me and Aubrey are very close, but she's uh, she's a lot more the more bubbly and I'm a lot more the realistic like salt, sugar. Yeah we we go. go. There we go.
2: As long as I'm the sugar, I'll take it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyways, Aubrey, uh, you want to shout out your uh, social media pages, your personal and your uh, salon?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my personal is Aubrey Gordon. And then our salon is the Cherished Collective. Um, I'll share my like beauty page too, which is just Aubrey Beauty underscore. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. She gets a little
1: taste into what we do. have to manage three accounts. Yeah, good grief. (laughs)
2: Everybody
0: needs content. um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, everybody needs content. Uh, Aubrey, one cool thing that we do on every episode is we follow back each one of our guests. And so if y'all are looking for her stuff, obviously she just shouted it out. But if we'll probably just follow...
0: No, we'll follow both. We'll follow Aubrey and the salon. How about that? Yeah, we'll follow
1: Aubrey and the salon. Um, And so... If y'all are interested in looking at her stuff, ladies out there, you need a new you new fresh look, um, <laughs> look up Aubrey. I don't know if she'll take you on, but one or the, the salon, salon will, will, I'm sure will take y'all on. Um, but yeah, we'll follow you back and y'all can contact her through that. Um, that is Rule, the number one podcast. Um, we are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Twitter, basically any <laughs> platform you can think of, we're on it. Um, and yeah, man. Hmm this is your part not mine well, I was just saying if you want to say anything else I
0: don't know like and subscribe <laughs> we
1: we'll say it every week helps us out I'm saying we'll see y'all next
0: week peace thank you Aubrey